It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry about that. So, hello, BIHA people, and uh, welcome to the BIHA podcast, a very special edition. I'm joined with Nick, as always. Hello, Nick. Hello. And today we have a very special Christmas roundtable edition of the podcast, and I'm joined with Dave Rogers. Hello. And Andrew McKinnon of the uh, Manchester Metro Stars, and your player representative. Hello. So, uh, fellas, uh, thanks for joining us. We thought we'd get a southern perspective for Dave and uh, an alternative northern perspective from Andrew. Because so, you don't uh, have I enough think... of them already. No, <laughs> we, we don't have enough northern, northern perspective on the pod. Uh, so, just uh, before we go sort of into more uh, novel things... Has anyone got any comments to make about BI, the sort of Division One North uh, checking ranks? Who who do you think out of that is going to come out the other end now that we've had half the season? I'll throw it to you, Andrew. Uh, from my very limited knowledge of the Div One this year, I mean, it's always difficult to look past St Andrews. I mean, it doesn't matter what year it is; they're always very, very good. So that'd probably be that'd be better up on my heart. Yeah, I, I I suppose I'd echo that in that. You always kind of back St. Andrews since they've come into the BHA. They've always kind of walked with a bit of a swagger, haven't they? And uh, they usually back that up. So, yeah, can't really look past them. I know you guys are pretty much level with them. When I say you guys, I mean Edinburgh. But um, they spanked you already, haven't they? It it was uh, not a spanking in terms of score, but it it wasn't a great performance by Edinburgh that night. Uh, Nick, I take it, would you echo the, the St Andrews sentiment as well? or? Yeah, I think we talked about it before, haven't we? That obviously halfway through, Edinburgh and St Andrews look like the two teams that are probably going to have the biggest say. Um, Sheffield may be throwing in there as an outside bet that they're probably going to be the best ally of either of those two teams trying to get the job done before the rematch. But I think we said it's the, it's the last game in Div 1, it's game number 8, and I would guess it'll all come down to Edinburgh St Andrews again in that rematch. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Sheffield could be kingmakers in the sense that it might come down to how Edinburgh got on away to Sheffield and how St Andrews got on at well. I'm sorry to the listeners if anyone's experiencing anyone dying online, by the way. Um, we, we can only do so much to keep everyone alive during the pod. Um. Moving to the south, and we will throw it to you, Dave. How how is life in the south? It's all right, to be honest. I know you've kind of written Cardiff off already, and I don't think we'll be, you know, in the finals or anything. But we're still targeting, you know, the second if we're really lucky. But um, you know, we have we yet to play Cambridge, yet to play UCL. You know, the two teams that we played, Oxford and London, have been fantastic teams. Um, Oxford, especially, actually, they really. Um, came out of the blocks firing in the first game we faced against them. Um, we were chuffed with the the draw against London, um, although if I'm going to be honest, I 
think we could have maybe pushed a win at the end there. Cavi will dispute that, and he's probably right. But you know, when the when the final buzzer came in, no one was happy with that result, to be honest. Um, and then yeah, we we let ourselves down traveling to London, uh, missing a good four or five of our you know top six forwards. Um, they had me on the first line to start with. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a gamble. Uh, they did sort it out. They did demote me to the second line and put the B team player on the first line instead, and that actually worked out better. So, um, but it was a bit too little, too late at that point. It's been a good season, though. You know, the quality of the South is always really high. Um, London, Oxbridge, you know, you get a lot of international students in there. You've really got a high caliber of of opponent in everyone we face in the South. Uh, not to, you know, diss on the uh, the Northern teams either. You know, there's, I mean, there's really good pedigree up there as well. Um, but it's nice, Ricard, if we've, we're finally finding our feet in checking one um, since Southampton kind of vacated the fourth spot. Uh, it's given us a chance to kind of play some exciting hockey, get you know, get people excited about playing tough hockey, knowing that or hoping that we'll stay up each season and carry it on for the next one. And yeah, I you know, we're here to stay and check in one south and hopefully push for some silverware at some point, goldware, little tiny glass plaque, whatever we plaque. like about these plaque days. Yeah. <laughs> Wooden glassware is what we call it on the yeah. pod. <clears throat> Dave, uh, if you don't mind me asking who trips someone in the last two minutes of a 7-1 game? Who trips someone in the last two minutes of a 7-1 game? This mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, and and also, I, I see that's two tripping penalties you got so far this year. Just, oh. just taking on the old Dave Rogers statathon. Yeah, well, you I, I wasn't fun. happy about the London one, because that was uh, the power play that you know started it all going, basically. Just, some dumpty just trod on my stick, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I get that all the time when I'm referee. No, just uh, he stood on my stick. Yeah, I, as you pulled it around his ankle, mate. Yeah. Another guy went and bloody head butted my stick at one point, but luckily the referees didn't see that. So um... <laughs> it's lucky you've not admitted that anywhere, like public. No, well, I, mean, I, I told the, the ref the next play. The well, yeah, I told the referees like the next play, but it was too late at that point. So carry on, really, isn't it? Talk to Andy. We'll get that dished out. Um. Uh, so Dave, I, I have to say, putting you on the first line, you described it as a gamble, Ed. Say it was more like the Germans signing the Treaty of Versailles. To be fair, <laughs> <honest with you. laughs> I, 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 it was a bit weird when the rest blew the whistles of the games to start, and I didn't know. What, I, I tried to sit down on the ice, basically. <laughs> Get a little yeah. camping stool out and put yeah. it on the. I'd have felt more comfortable. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I suppose uh, uh, the next division to talk about is one close to the hearts of two of the gentlemen uh, that uh, are, are on this this uh, roundtable edition of the pod. Um, division two North check-in. Uh, it looks like it's quite a quite a battle at the moment. Three ways tied for the top. Andrew, three, three. Who's the third? <laughs> Sheffield. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, maybe. I think from what I've seen, it's between us and Northumbria. Um, we've, well, we had a, a decent game with Northumbria the other week. We almost threw, a get, threw away the game against Nottingham the week. Um, sorry, not Nottingham, Newcastle the week before. But 
those top top three teams, as I would say, is Newcastle, Northumbria, and Metros. Despite the fact what we were talking about just before we all started recording with Sheffield turning over Newcastle, which is a quite a turn up. Yeah. Um, Nick, you uh, you mentioned uh, it was mentioned that Sheffield B um, seemed to upset Newcastle in Newcastle. Did you watch any of that game? Um, I had better things to do on a Tuesday night at quarter past midnight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. As much as I, as much as I do love BYU hockey, work <laughs> have to factor in at some point. Yeah, it is actually quarter to midnight is an official start time now. That's it. That's it. Everything starts on time, which uh, the yeah, half, the half never hour, have. Just, just, just so you're aware, Mac, um, we had a half an hour warm up in our game <laughs> earlier this year. Half oh, good. It's like being in the NHL. Oh, great. I mean, we've got what between our A and our B team, we've got four trips up to Whitley in February, which is really nice of everyone planning it. Rambo. Yeah. Um, thanks for that. Third a day for the Steel Queens to go and play the Kings as well. So that worked out quite well. Oh, is that why we ended up with two games on one day? Uh, no, that's because because you ended up with two games on one day. I managed to clear it. I managed to clear the Saturday spot for the Steel Queens to go play the Kings. Uh, that 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 moving of that Saturday game to that late on a Sunday night has upset quite a few people. But I'm just like, well, you got to get over it. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm sure they'll understand my logic. Um, so. <laughs> What was I going to say, uh, Nick? Um, just and, uh, not that we like to be too facetious on the pod, but uh, Newcastle posted a certain tweet after Northumbria came runners up a couple of times last year. Do you think- <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I was just thinking. Do, do you think they might need to get fitted for a certain uh, piece of neckwear now? Uh, I can either confirm or deny. Um... Whether or not that was brought up in the game earlier this year, it may have been. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, that game did last about three hours. There, there was lots of things said. <laughs> I heard about that game the day after as well. There were apparently quite a lot of things said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. However, um, it's also nice that actions do speak a lot louder than words. <laughs> oh dear. Nothing um, like a bit of friendly rivalry. Yeah, exactly. All good fun. <laughs> Yeah, was there any sort of diplomatic incidents we should be aware of? Yeah, there was a few uh, attempted <laughs> rearrangements of uh, of people's priorities. Let's put it that way. Um, perhaps a little bit more blood than sweat and tears, but uh, everyone's alive. It's just good fun. Good, good. Um, now uh, there's there's a sheep missing from the south. Um, checking too. Uh, Dave, are you able to see what that that? Imperial score was. Oh, what, the Imperial Southampton? Yeah, because that's quite an important one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very important. Do you want to know the result? Because I've got it in front of me. We just haven't approved it yet because we're waiting for Southampton to confirm it. Prove but, it. Um, yeah. oh. Imperial Devil 7, Southampton Spitfires 6. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, Imperial are going to be sitting pretty at Christmas at the top of uh, Div 2 South. Check yeah. 2 I'm- South. And and I I'm, I quite like that. Not not that I'm biased at him, but Jesse Cross is just a really nice guy. So uh, you know I, I don't know if you listened to last last pod, but he uh, you know if there's anyone on a team that deserves to to be sitting pretty at, at Christmas time, it's, it's Jesse Cross's team. Well, yeah, it seems like it. Although he's not on the team sheet, so he was probably <laughs> sitting pretty from the stands. But no, I did hear that interview. Lovely sounding. Imagine guy. he didn't. Yeah. Imagine he didn't travel to Southampton. Oh no, it was that. It was that. It was at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nah. <laughs> maybe maybe he got benched for his, his 
use of social media and his uh, his thoughts on the team. Possibly. He got suspended by the team for not confirming that uh, Gus Zimmerman was a BIHA legend. Um, <laughs> when asked. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. The, the, then looking at non-checking. Uh, non-checking North 1. Is that so, that's something you're involved in, Andrew, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's yeah. good fun, good fun. We've had a couple of uh, close games, probably closer than they should have been. But, I mean, other than the anomaly at the start of the year with the Northumbria-Newcastle game, I think all the games have been relatively close. Like, I think the biggest margin other than that has been three goals, which is nice to see, because um, that league has the potential to sometimes get a little bit out of hand. Um, but it's, it's, it seems like a decent standard this year, which is nice. I think it goes back to something we were talking about earlier, that there's some anomalies that go along like for instance obviously I know that we or uh, the Kings beat Newcastle 15-0 but then just about scraped past Sheffield 4-3 for then Sheffield to draw with Newcastle just yeah doesn't, doesn't add up really does it and scratch your head and I think Newcastle the the the, the game against Nottingham that's still pending that was a close game as well um I can't remember what the score was but um I was I told think, that was. Really... I think Nottingham came away with a win in that one, but a close one, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. which, but like I say, they're all really close games, which is just it makes it a good, good league. Um, yeah, exactly, it's much better than just, just not fun. 44 nil. Like... Yeah, so that was a four-two, yeah, win oh. for Nottingham. That one was. Which I, I would say sometimes I think we do look at the north with. Uh, with tinted glasses on and think, oh, <laughs> like that team's giving out some hammerings, and then you look at some of the other results and you think, eh, maybe not. Yeah, but we'll I we'll mean, get there very shortly. <laughs> yeah, I think non-checking one will come down to the same same as it normally does is who travels up to Whitley Bay best. Um, yeah, I would agree because that's that's always. I know we are already gonna struggle to getting people to both our Whitley games just with. Uni commitments, work commitments, um, which will be nice for the Whitley teams to hear. But it's it's the same in Div One North. Is it's who travels the best to the Scottish teams. Um, that's normally where the leagues won and lost. So same principle, but should it, at least it'll be tight. At least it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it looks that way. Yeah. If Andy Miller is listening to this, um, we will get Andrew into the habit of saying league style comp competition. Sorry, the... you'd you think I've been around long enough that I would know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So yeah. So uh, that could be well. Both your teams that you're um, you re- represent essentially could 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 be in the in the final part of that uh, league fighting for for the wooden plastic wear as we talk about or wooden glass wear. Yeah, I think it, it's basically uh, how I see it at the moment. It's like we're we're fighting Northumbria in both leagues now, um, which is it's a it's a new rivalry, but it used to be quite a little bit more intense than it is now because we've not been in the same division for a few years. But it yes. used to be used to be quite heated, as Nick would attest to. I don't know. Um, looking at some of those game sheets um, for the A team game, didn't that get a bit heated? Yeah. I don't know how much you've talked about that in the po- on, in the podcasts previously. Does that um, mean you've not listened to the podcast previously and you've now? Been I listened to the last one this afternoon. Does that count? I was getting oh. prepared. <laughs> we'll we'll let you off at that. But um, <laughs> if we if we move on to the the south, uh, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the uh, the London Dragons leading the way at the moment, followed closely by the Southampton Spitfires. Be the less said about that, the better. Uh, and Kent, surprisingly, uh, based on well, surprisingly to me and Nick, Kent third. Any any thoughts on why that might be, Nick? When we first looked at this ramble, I think we Kent were the only people to have played games, weren't they? And we kind of looked at it and probably were a little bit naive in terms of uh, in terms of Kent's ability. But still, you. They're a decent team, and again, no one in that team's obviously, no one in that division's going uh, eight and zero, so they're still within a chance. Put together a little run after Christmas. Yeah. Just having a look there, their three games were that's one at home, two at home. Uh, I was going to say they, they, if they played on the road quite a bit, it would help, but unfortunately not. Yeah, they were also unfortunate that they played Southampton quite early on with a few of their players who, like, were play, maybe playing down a division. Not Which... not as unfortunate as UCL to play. To. Well, no, not as unfortunate as UCL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like if you look at the Kent Southampton game, like Orlando Beckett's got a hat trick, and he's played Div two consistently. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you're called Orlando, you have to be kind of half decent, I think. You'd think that. I'm yeah. quite. I'm very good friends with Orlando, but so I'm not going to say anything too mean. But I'm not, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying you have to. You have to be able to back up if you're called Orlando. If you're called like Andrew, for example, you can be a bit naff and get away with it, can't you? Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised as well how much I get away with. <laughs> <laughs> which, which to be fair, Orlando's three goals in that game is a little, little different to his uh, his ten plus five in the uh, forty-four demolishing of uh, UCB. And I think when you look at that as well, he scored two in the last 10 seconds and you're like, it's 42-0. Do you need to score another two goals, Orlando? Well, he probably on. got the one and then realised I might as well make it double figures. So It's more of a fact that in that game, at 41-0, they scored three goals in the final minute. Well, that sounds like their top line was on nice during that, that last final minute as well, rather than putting on their sort well, of... You can, you can tell them because they score three goals a shift currently. I think it's pretty funny. You look around, they've got a goal, three goals around the five-minute mark, three goals around the 11-minute mark, two goals around the 14-minute mark, two goals around the 18-minute mark. That's nice, nice bunching on these shifts. Yeah, second line, step it up. Yeah, exactly. Secondary scoring, guys, come on. Like, Charlie Postel playing in net only got one assist. Like, come on. Um, and then if we if we move on to uh, Division Two North and in the in non-checking ranks, Hull seem to be out ahead at the moment. But that's another sort of weird division. It's also lopsided because of scheduling. And I'm not going to say who does the scheduling, but um, <laughs> there's there's teams that have played like one game and one team's played played six games. So um, it obviously uh, you know there's a lot a lot at stake. And I think there was a game called off recently because of the the snow or something like that yeah. as well and what have you so is anyone going wasn't to get... there two games called off and the the whole whole were playing newcastle on a double header and i think they both got called off didn't they yeah uh, i'm yeah i'm not entirely sure as far as i understand both that. games didn't go ahead yeah i know, yeah, I know for I definite thought, I saw the emails today. yeah i know for definite the holloway game didn't go ahead even though the buffalo they played american football in eight inches of snow and <laughs> Apparently they couldn't get from uh, the northeast to Yorkshire, but anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, does anyone have any inside track in in that division? I mean, Nick, you've got a team in that division, the Manchester, not in it. Yeah, it's you look at the league table and you look at it, and it makes it does make a little bit of sense if you look at it in depth. But you've got Hull, who just don't like uh, anything but home home cooking. 
a couple of players who obviously don't like getting on the bus and travelling to various places, which, well, we'll see how it goes by the end of the year. You've got Leeds who seem to be benefiting from uh, from a little help from the A-team goalie, currently from the looks, who <laughs> I believe he's scored... 25 points. Yeah, 20, 25 points in three games, in not three bad goal. Games. It's, it's... it's a handy goalie. And, uh, and the his partner in crime, Jack Reese, who, from my belief, is an ex-junior player, which is all well and good for Div 4. Um, and then you've got ourselves, who we've just been kind of plotting along. We played the two A teams, which I was very surprised with the results that we kind of managed to squeeze through there. But still, it's it's anyone's guess. You've got teams like Nottingham, and Nottingham are likely to turn over a couple of the other teams. It just depends who's who's played who so far, and... I'm quite happy sitting where we are, knowing that out of those we've played Newcastle, Hull, and uh, Bradford to to see where we are. But the the problem is we've got nine games coming up after Christmas, and for a young, inexperienced team, that's a lot of hockey. And and don't forget that showdown with the Steel Queens at the, the <laughs> yeah. At the, the, the big yeah. showdown against the Steel Queens. Have we have we decided? Have we put a name on this? Is there going to be some kind of prize that we can fight for every year or something? Or yeah, we need to think of something unusual that we can. And play for yeah. well, it's queens versus kings so it's really fighting for the crown that's a good a good point it's, a, it's basically the game of thrones game they'll just call it the iron throne or something like that there you go yeah we'll have to get a little mini iron throne that we can we can distribute <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh moving on to the uh south two um dave you're a cardiff bread hawks uh, you still refer to them as bread hawks dave yeah, and they're making toast of everyone. <laughs> You've been thinking about that since since we started the chat in, in Division One North, haven't you? I've been thinking about that one for years. I've just been able to use it for once. <laughs> yeah, Dave, can I ask a question? This this is slightly off topic, but is Fraser Lewis still playing? Fraser, yeah, yeah, he's still about. He's uh, iced in a couple of the games. I don't know which ones, um, but yeah, he's still doing good. Uh, um, he he, um, he looks after them well. He's he's taken a step back from the committee role, but he's still he's still down for playing every so often. Um, the B team's got a bit of a problem with the number of staff members, so they've been cycling them on in on games. Um, I know they're very happy with the results. Um, I'm hoping in the new well new year um, they'll be bringing in a couple more of the rookies, um, get them some ice time ahead of nationals, um, maybe with the intent of putting in a C team. But uh, we're short of a goalie at this moment. So that might be what's... Eh? You're not stepping up? Uh, I have offered, but it all depends on whether I can make it. In Does fact, it depend on whether Hannah or not lets you out the house for an extra weekend? Oh, yeah. We know, yeah. Pretty <laughs> yeah. Much, but... I was thinking of doing a BIHE um, partner special where we get, <laughs> we get the partners on to, to see how they feel about, about the committee members' roles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make sure to do it just after nationals because that's when we're really in the good books, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, I, I think we can probably skip Division Three so because it's not a lot happened in it really since the last time we were on on air, and none of us have any clue as to what's going on in that division other than Oxford are going to win. <laughs> well, so Dragon C is sitting on three pending game sheets, or well, two of them are on them. Um, I know if they made good work of UCL Yetis, I think beat them twice. Um, so they're sitting on two and then Spitfires D was the other game they played and they lost to them I'm trying to do the maths in my head but I think Spitfires might be sitting on oh no, well yeah they'll be sitting on top of the division 
but I think that might be just that by because virtue Oxford... of playing more games. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't really see past the Vikings, can you? No. Have they conceded a goal yet? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Although they've not played this month, so... Yeah, well, they, they stop in December, Oxford, and then I don't know, they all go back to their their house, their homes and stuff, and then they're back next season. I think I was the last one to score against Oxford Vikings, because like, I scored against them at Nationals. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. Like, in those two games, that goalie's had eight shots against him. He's had a hard... He's, he's worked hard for his zero. Yeah. What, eight shots over both games? Total, yeah. Five and three. And oh, oh. and here, here's a new here's a new thing about goalies, guys. We, me and Nick, as podcast uh, podcast uh, regulars, oh, yeah, we we have our influencers. We've got Dave to put wins on the website. Now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, popped it up the other day. I had to listen back to the podcast and heard you moaning about it, so I, I thought I'd try. You, you sound a little bit a little bit more nonchalant about that, Dave. Like, yeah, just just popped it up there. Like, was it a big deal? Ah, it's not, is it? Yeah. I mean, it might not be hold on, hold on. accurate. We'll, we'll, check, we'll check that it's right first, Dave. Well, that's the thing. I'm just checking. The, the problem with our game sheet system is that it doesn't necessarily tell you who was in goal for the game-winning goal. But <coughs> I, I've, I've written best guess software, so 95% of them should be right. But if you really don't want a, a win attributed to yourself as a goalie... Um, <laughs> And you want to blame it on the internet minder? Let me know, and I'll change it. Where's the, where's the wins? Um, you need to go into the individual goalies' stats. Yeah, I'm on keeper stats. Games played, minutes, shots against, goals against, save percentage, goals against percentage, shutouts. Clear your cash. If this doesn't work, that didn't I'm work for me. Section. That, that right. didn't that didn't work. We're, we're cutting <laughs> this section. That didn't work it's for gone. me either. It's gone. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have it for Berkey anyway. But anyway, um, that... Yeah, I'm an hour. According to the stats, Berkey's 55 games, 25 wins, 22 loss. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'll he's played a screenshot. Yeah, he's, he's played with some terrible teams in front of him at times. So. I might uh, have played against Berkey my very first year. Well, a long time ago. I'm pretty sure he was playing out at that point. Yeah, if you were in the B team, he would have been playing out for yeah, the Yeah, I think he used to have... Did he used to have like, purple gloves or something like that? Nah, that yeah, yeah, he had purple. He's big purple yeah. gloves. Uh, yeah, I remember. The ones he could get in the size of hands that he needed, which is basically ET-sized hands. So, oh, right, okay. So, uh, yeah, the, now we're finished with all the divisions and, and got the formalities out of the way. Um, as, as you guys know, I've, I've started the Steel Queens, but I thought it was a good opportunity to sort of talk to clubs who've maybe got you know new guys at the helm trying to run a club for the first time. You guys have got experience that. What... Um, what sort of advice would you give them? We'll start with uh, you, Andrew. Uh, what sort of advice would you give to any sort of club managers? Um, I a lot of it's about delegation, is how, how I would put it. Um, so I was our president for quite a few years, and this year I've stepped down to vice president just to make sure that somebody else could do the job properly. Um, and like, he's been great. He he delegates. He makes sure other people do their jobs, um, which I think is really important. Because then it's it's not just a one man show, and then when that one person leaves, other people go go and try and pick up everything. Um, that would be my big my biggest thing is making sure that if you have a committee, use it. And there's no harm in telling if telling someone going, okay, this is your job. I expect it to be done by this day. Uh, and then if they're not doing it, getting arsy with them because 
you, we all have other things that we do in our lives. Can't just spend the entire time running a hockey club. You need to use the committee as best you can. And also make sure everyone pays and don't let them on the ice if they don't pay. That's the biggest. That's probably the second biggest thing. And uh, and Nick, what what's your what would be your advice for for new team managers? Sign up for one year. Do it for one year. Sat here after six is a bit of a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a year behind you on committee roles, but yeah, I, I get you there. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but I I think Andrew made all the right points. Like it's it's hard that. A lot of the time, you're not the boss of these people. You're not paying these people. So if they misbehave or they the rest around, you're not in the position where you can fire them. At the end of the day, most of them are your good friends, best friends or friends in general, teammates. It's hard sometimes that they don't know where the boundaries are, that if you've got a bill to pay and someone's chasing you for some money and they haven't paid, they don't care. Whereas it's pretty hard to be in the position where you're the one getting the uh, the invoices. So yeah. it's it's it, let me put it that way. It's not unfortunately, it's not a job that you're going to get many friends from. And uh, Dave, have you had any any role in running the the Cardiff team? So last time I ran the Cardiff team was 2006, 2007. <laughs> so um, my advice might be a bit dated, but as someone who's been around with Red Hawks for a long time, I'd say it's um it's it's building a kind of unity within the club not just necessarily between the teams it's you know if you've got more than one team and um you know keeping them talking to one another socializing with one another because i mean you can very easily over the course of a season or two get two distinct three distinct teams going and i think when that happens it can kind of mess with the dynamics of running the club so you know you really want to be taking on someone uh, as a as a committee member. You want to be taking on someone under your wing. So yeah, like as Nick says, uh, take over the next season. You know, get some experience in, but also yeah. you know, kind of instill the values of of the club, whatever those may be, um, and you know, try and keep some sort of legacy going. Because um, it you know you can you can have a great thing going for two three seasons with that core of players but if you're not bringing in new players and in, and bringing them into the ethos of the team it can disappear again and um you know one of the biggest problems with with any team whether new or old is is funding um <laughs> as as you as you guys well know i started a, a go fund me uh for the the caledonia steel queens and i'm not sure if the guy was drunk or not but somebody gave us 150 quid straight off the bat which was nice but um you know, there's that source is available to you, but do you guys, as people who've run the club, do you know much about the development fund, or is it something you've act, tried to access before? I've known about it, but um, over the last few years, we've actually got ourselves into a relatively stable position where we didn't, don't, or we don't necessarily need it. So I've never really looked into it properly. We're we're more just we we are entirely based funded by the players. We get no money basically from anywhere which is good and bad. But the development fund, yeah, I don't know a huge amount about. No, unfortunately, I think you need uh, Miller here to explain it more. But um, from my understanding, the last five or six years now, is we've, we've, made, we've had this development fund available. Um, and the money's there for clubs to request to fund plans to improve okay. your club, be it buying new kit, maybe paying for ice time for learn to play or something like that at the beginning of the season, some sort of freshers introduction. 
Um, or if you've got any other ideas, you know, which you think are any any ideas you think are good and that need a bit of funding, you know, the fund is there for you to try and help help with it. You know, for us to try and help you with it, basically. And Nick, is it a resource that the the kings have ever used? Do you guys are pretty good for numbers? So are you in the similar position to Andrew? Um, no, not really. We have used the development fund before. What I would say is, uh, from our, all our own experiences of Andy, we know he doesn't uh, doesn't give away money for nothing, and you have to come up with a proposal of something that does make uh, does make plausible sense. Like for instance, I put together a proposal that I think we got. Uh, I can't remember the sum of money, but we got some money towards buying some kit off the off a, off a supplier to get us going on the basis that I gave him a five-year plan of buying 10 sets of equipment would then be sold and we could buy 12 and then we could buy 16 we could buy 20 and we're about four years into this now and we've got about 20 we about each year we buy brand new from the stuff that we sold about 20 24 sets of kit rent it out gets 24 brand new people on the ice and just keep doing it year on year and certainly it's something that we've through the money that we were given by Andy we've invested ourselves in and put some of the extra money towards obviously as you can see going from 10 up to 20 in a couple of years time it's it's definitely worth doing since I think everyone would attest to how many how often do you get keen freshers who'd love to play and then find out they can't afford the kit yeah it's something where we got very lucky uh, a couple of years ago just out of the blue we got contacted by a, a, a Swiss lady who's now working in Manchester, who had, I mean, probably about 10 or 11 full sets of kits. Old kit, but still does the job and it works for freshers that she just donated to the club, uh, <laughs> which helps us a lot in the fact that we can now get all these freshers on the ice at the start of the year. I think we've, had, I think we've got like seven or eight, brand, which for us is quite a lot, seven or eight brand new players this year, never played the sport, never been ice skating, who are all like registered, which is like for us is quite a good, good start anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just something. I mean, obviously, I've talked about it. I think it is something that a lot of people should look into a bit more, perhaps when they get into the job. Not try and just do it their own way, but come to the committee for any resources that are available. Uh, and uh, you know, would you, would you agree? I mean, I think the committee is normally quite helpful. The players' rep normally fields a lot of the questions and brings anything that's unusual to the rest of the committee. And Andrew, this is your first year. You've had experience most recently out of all of us outside the committee. Do you think the committee is helpful in general? Um, yeah, it, um, it sometimes fluctuates and it does depend on the player's rep. That is something that I'm sure you guys are aware of as well. I, like, I'm always been quite able to get in contact with Rob, Nick, if I needed to in the previous years. Um, and that's been quite responsive. There are still some things that, I, that need tightened up. I would say sometimes emails get missed. But I think it's definitely better than it used to be. It's better than it used to be five years ago when no one was really sure what was going on. Um, but now now, now I think it, it works it works well. And uh, just, uh, I suppose, moving moving on from that, the, the big one for me, and I asked Oxford's opinion on this, but are you guys, do you prefer the cup through the year or is the big one for you nationals? Um for me, well, for us, it's it's difficult because we never really perform that well at nationals. Um, so I'd 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 like us to win something. I think this year we've got such a good shot with both teams that just winning a divisions kind of our aim at the moment. Um, I've made it pretty clear to our A teamers that I expect them around the start of April for in the hope that we're playing the tier two playoff. That's what we're aiming at. But nationals is pretty key as well. 
But okay, I I like the social side of nationals. I think national nationals does something really great where it gets hundreds of students together in a city and you play hockey and you have quite a bit to drink. Um, so I, I I think I take nationals slightly less seriously than maybe I should do. But especially this year, we're focusing more on the cup. I would say. And then Nick, um, speaking of uh, having a wee drink and stuff, uh, how are the Kings focused for nationals? Um, again, I would say definitely I agree with kind of what Andrew's saying there. It depends on the team and it depends on your expectations. Like we've, uh, um, not to bring up old things, but in the past, our A team the last couple of years where we've, uh, let's just say there's more chance that even if the rest of the teams in Div 1 didn't turn up, we still <laughs> wouldn't win. Um We've we've perhaps enjoyed and taken advantage of the long and hard end of the season to for nationals, but then it just depends. Sometimes it's it's not a it's not a mandated thing. It's about the guys in the room at the end of the day. Some of them come in come in and play this and, and look at each other and say, hey, like we got a chance to win something that we're never going to get to play organised hockey at any kind of level ever again. We're never going to get. They might go off and play Northern Cup or Rec Cup or something like that, but. It's a chance to win something, and and quite a lot of the guys, and and one one other thing which I, I'm sure um, people can understand is having been from Newcastle and obviously the nightlife in Newcastle. Some of our guys look at Sheffield and kind of go, yeah, "We'll we'll just go out on the Monday night when we get home." <laughs> <laughs> um, and Dave, what I mean, you you've been around the BIT almost as long as me. Uh, what what's your thoughts on national now? How it's grown from when we first started to being a total shambles to being slightly less of a shambles now? Well, yeah, I mean, so this will be my, I think it's 13th Nationals I'll be going to this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they still but, used so, shillings when Dave went to the first one. What's that? I said they still used shillings when you went to the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did you, did you commute on a dinosaur? <laughs> I took a train up the first time. That was fun. Never again. But um, no, I, for me, nationals, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, it's what I look forward to in the uh, BOHA calendar. Um, you know, the chance to play a good, solid amount of, of hockey, you know, in the space of a weekend. You know, some seasons, yeah, you can really push for the finals and have a chance of winning it. We've not done that for a while or I've not been involved with the team of that that's done it for a while but um yeah it's it's a good time and yeah like you say rambo we start well when i started nationals it was still you know simon hopkins writing the scores down on a paper game sheet and frantically trying to get it all sorted and then you know you'd have to ask for the game sheet copies in the post if you wanted to get hold of the stats after for the websites um so we've moved on from there. We've moved on to Joe with his Billy Bass singing at people in the penalty box. That was a good 10 years ago now as well. And that was the kind of the first taste of some technology at Nationals. And then these last last few years, you know, the system works really well. And, you know, having you and Nick doing the commentary as well, which was a really happy accident, um, has really made it, you know, really good fun. Um, I mean, it's always been good fun for me. But uh, it's nice that we can kind of share that with everyone as well now. I think it's a bit more Hollywood now with the with the commentary and the stats and the you know people you know highlights packages and all this sort of thing and you know I I think it really is something. I mean, there's there's teams in you know the NIHL that don't have the setup that the BIHA has, and it's a lot of it's attributable to 
um, to Joe and to yourself, Dave. Although we give you a lot of a lot of stick about it, but it's Do Christmas you? time, so nah. we'll uh, we'll we'll give you some credit. But you know, and and the guys, you know, Andy and and, and all that, you know, all the committee essentially. But I mean, it's not about patting ourselves on the back, but. Um, yeah, I mean, things have developed so much that we've got all these sort of technological advances, and it means that I get to go to nationals and just have a great time sitting there chewing the fat with Nick and commentating on games. Um, last year, try to shout over Cali as well, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, and it's 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 different dynamics, and you get people coming up to you and 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 uh, and saying that they've had a great time, and I think that's the most important thing for. Is, is we've talked about in this podcast, and you guys maybe you can agree or disagree, but I think the most important thing for 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 clubs at the moment in university hockey in Britain is we're not going to have NCAA players that are going to get drafted, but I think getting players to enjoy the game is the most important thing as, as our role as, as club managers or as committee members. Would you all agree with that? Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. for me, it's, it's people just being able to smile with a smile on their face. Oh yeah, I played uni hockey for those three years when I was there. It was good fun, sort of thing. Um, and, and on a lighter note, guys, um, last uh, last uh, podcast, I set Nick a challenge, Aww. and I mentioned it to you, uh, Andrew. I know I'll, I'll give you a pass on this. You can just tell us your favourite Christmas song. But All right, okay, thank it, you. It was to find a Christmas song that would would pump you up for a game. So, uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first. And you can tell the audience what your favourite Christmas song is and why. Uh well, it's a bit. Bit of an odd one because I know um, Nick agrees with me, and it is the Pogues. I did listen to that in the last podcast. Fairy Tale of New York is the best Christmas song, and if you don't think so, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Hallelujah! It's by far the best song. Like, okay, okay, and like, uh, I mean, it's just the best. Yeah, it, I, I think it's an absolutely fantastic Christmas song, and it, it gets away with some language that perhaps other other songs wouldn't as well uh, in this day and age, but. Um, just it's just an outright classic um, song, and you can't not be happy hearing it. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. one other, uh, which it's a bit of a not one as well. It's the Spaceman Came Traveling by Christopher. Love that song yeah, for some reason. Yeah. That is a great song. It's just I've never heard anything else by Christopher ever. Apparently, he's quite famous, but that is a great song. He, he does the Lady in Red. I've heard of that, but I don't think I've ever heard it. I've heard Bill Bailey covering it. Yeah. It's probably better. It is. Yeah, we'll save it for the, the Bird podcast, folks. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Dave, you had a little bit of help from your wife, as you did with the Steel Queen's logo. Uh, what, what is what is your chat about a Christmas song that psyched you up for a game? Oh, well, yeah, I'm not a Christmas song guy normally, but she made a good point. Um, I think the best one, Christmas number one, Rage Against the Machine, Killing of the Name of, I think that counts, doesn't it? I suppose since it's a Christmas number one that we can't really argue with that point. Nah, is this the same argument of whether Die Hard is a Christmas film or not? Yeah, Similar principle, people, this. Yeah, there's people who think Die Hard's a Christmas film and people who are wrong. Um, let's just leave it at that. Rage Against the Machine, it was a Christmas number one, so it has the badge, it's official. It's not the yeah. same. <laughs> okay, okay, good one. And um, that definitely would uh, definitely would get you psyched up for a for a game. Um, and uh, Nick, uh, what what have you got now that you've had a couple of weeks' notice? I don't have anything. I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> That's all right. Well, anyway, right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it all the listeners and you guys uh, something that you should go and listen to. And I found a Christmas song. It is essentially a cover by Metallica. Uh, covering Carol of Bells and it is 
absolutely wicked for what for like just the build to it is just class. In fact, it would be a great song if you have like a Christmas game to put on just as the team's coming nice or something. Really good um sort of guitar work on it. Anyway, um, Metallica make enough money as it is, so we won't pr- promote them too much. So, uh, what's the plans for you guys for Christmas? Uh, just quiet ones with the family. Yeah, always a quiet one at Christmas. Unfortunately, my brother moved to Australia this year, so um, normally I'd go down the pub Christmas Eve and get hammered, but I haven't got my drinking buddy anymore, so yeah, be a quiet one for me. Yeah, and uh, Nick, you, you mentioned the last time just the great food from your mum, the banoffee yeah. pie. Unfortunately, she suffered a, a mid-season injury, which is probably going to put a bit of a capers on Christmas, but I'm sure she'll be fine. Will she have recovered for Nationals? Um, it, it is doubtful. It depends how many uh, five-year-olds there are in the playground that need skipping lessons. Which, is a, as a woman approaching a, a certain birthday, um, I did advise that it wasn't the best idea, especially when you fall over and break your wrist. Oh, okay. Um, well, we wish uh, Miss Ivo, uh, Mrs. Ivel, sorry, a, a speedy recovery. Um, if not for anything, but more for my white chocolate uh, caramel shortcake. But uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, we do wish your mum all the best. She's always looks after us every year, Nick. So I hope she's she's feeling well, and I'm sure you'll be able to help with the cooking. You might you better pick something up now. Yeah, I'm sure it rubbed off somewhere. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, what about yourself? You? Uh, I'm exceedingly busy. Uh, I'm I I luckily finish work on my last days tomorrow, thank the Lord. But then I'm. Travelling between families, girlfriends. I'm at Wembley on Boxing Day to watch football. And then London for New Year's Eve. So it's going to be busy. I'm very rarely at home. So, sounds like busy but fun. And, yeah, uh, it should be a good laugh. And then in the New Year, you guys all off to Viramaki or is it just Dave and, and Nick? I think it's just I'm the not. two of us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dave, you're here. Yay. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Thought I'd keep it quiet, yeah. Someone to talk to when I'm sick of my bunch. <laughs> I'm so glad you have the same feelings about your bunch as I do with my bunch. <laughs> yeah, people keep talking about this holiday I'm going on after Christmas. I was like, you don't understand. It's not a holiday. Child-minding excursion. It's, yeah, babysitting. Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> on a more positive note, Ferramaki, it's really good. You guys should go. It's really good fun. I really yeah. enjoyed last time I went along. Um, I know you did as well, Nick. Yep. In fact, you've been a few more times than me. Um, It's uh, first time in the winter this time, but I have high expectations as always, and I'm sure it'll be great. Yep, I've got got me have some uh, hand-me-down ski gear ready for the cross-country skiing. Going to give that a try? Yeah, I I missed the email about signing up for that, so I might try and just blag Miller and be like, Miller, um, I signed up. You just must have missed my name off the earth. Okay. Well, you can borrow my kit once I bust my leg after about five (laughs) minutes, if you like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there's still a couple of spaces left, as far as I know, for Vinamaki this year. Um. No, um, I'm afraid the last space went today. In fact. But. Oh. Um, yeah, we will be doing. I'm not sure if we're doing the summer one yet, but we might be doing the summer one. But we'll definitely be doing one next season. Season, be it Christmas, uh, winter time <laughs> or summer. Um. But it's it's a really good experience. You know, what nine or so hours of ice over another couple of days over four days or something like that you know it's good it's good ice it's good time good, good stuff yeah. so just to just to wrap things up that brings me on nicely to the next pod will be available for people you you guys are in Verimaki when again is it fourth of the eighth i believe so nick and i will be recording the pod dave take your laptop um with <laughs> well whilst nick is in Verimaki. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping to speak to Simon Hopkins in advance of that. Um, so when he's not making cups of tea and looking at things, I'll 
able to grab him for a couple of minutes. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, let's uh, let's speak about Verimaki while you're over there, and hopefully that'll encourage more people to go in the future. So good. yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening, folks. It's a longer pod with just us talking than normal. But we have two not youthful, but um, definitely uh, experienced guests with us, in Dave and uh, Andrew McKinnon, and we thank both of them. I think Andrew might have been cut off. No, I'm still here. All right, okay. And um, so uh, we'll say I'll, on behalf of Andrew, I'll say goodbye, Andrew. Bye. Please, before we go. Sorry, I'm sorry. Let me just. Um, Max Bringer, who's one of our keen uh, players, um, he listen, I know he listens to the podcast. Broke his ankle a couple of weeks ago. Just want to say best wishes to him because he'll be. He's at home and he's struggling. Because he's not got, he can't play hockey for another three months with pins and whatnot on his legs. So I just hope, wish him all the best and hope he gets better. Yeah, and, and Max, I did uh, get back to Max on Twitter, and I, I will get in touch with him to put an interview in, in the new year. Uh, I thought this podcast should just be there's enough yeah. voices in, in the moment, perhaps. But oh, for sure, I just wanted to just wanted to say it. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, Dave, anything you want to say to the listeners before you go? Don't blame me for all the technical issues. <laughs> Although you'd probably be right to. <laughs> Are we not talking about how the website crashed last week and no one really seemed to notice? I <laughs> to know, yeah, no one had any idea. I bloody noticed. Yeah, because yeah. You, you're not doing your PhD, you're just doing your, uh, your <laughs> the BIG stuff. And uh, Nick, um, is there anything you want to particularly say? Normally we just sign off at this point, but it is Christmas. Is there anyone you want to wish a Merry Christmas to? Um, just to everyone out there involved with the Kings it's been a good start to the year and we look forward to a prosperous 2018 and everyone else who we've played uh, hope to see all you guys in the new year yeah so thanks very much folks for listening to the BIHA podcast Um, Merry Christmas have a great new year and we'll talk to you all in January uh, with Nick live from Budamaki listening to the BIHA pod. If you'd like to get in touch to provide feedback, arrange an interview, or if you have something you want us to read out on the pod, you can email us at podcast at bih.org.uk. Or if you'd prefer, you can tweet myself or Nick. My Twitter is at Rambola and Nick's is at NGI underscore 92.